In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, you overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life. We humbly pray that we may live before you in righteousness and purity forever. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the resurrection of our Lord is from the book of the Exodus, the 14th chapter. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And indeed I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. And the angel of God, who went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. And he took off their chariot wheels, so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, 
that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, on their chariots, and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. But the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. This is the word of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. The epistle is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all he was seen by me also, as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me, Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preached, and you believed. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the twentieth chapter. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter 
and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. And he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also. And he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, Teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that he had spoken these things to her. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia! Christ is risen! In the beginning, God labors across the span of six days, creating all that is. On the seventh day, he rests from his labors, sanctifying that day as a Sabbath, a day for man to rest from his toils within a creation more his opponent than his enjoyment. The Sabbath is a great gift to man, as Jesus had said. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. It is no mystery why the Sabbath is the seventh day. The number seven is a number of divine completion. God sees that his new creation, newly brought forth, is what it is, very good. The beginning of the creative act is complete. A Sabbath caps the act setting a reminder within the days of man that his life and his world are given by the works of God 
and that man's completion and his rest is with God. Jesus died on the day of preparation before the Sabbath. Our true Paschal Lamb has been sacrificed. The last of the blood offerings for atonement has been made. The Passover has passed over as the angel of death dies, the Son of God as the Son of Pharaoh slain for the great release of God's people from a land of bondage. Jesus died. As lamentations flooded Egypt at the deaths of those firstborn, so does creation with groans, with cries, with thunderous shudders, mourn the death of him who is begotten of God and forsaken of God. The people of God are awakened and enlivened by the great lamentation of Egypt and of creation. It rings upon the dawn. The mourning of the enemy is the sound of victory to those enslaved. The Israelites are free. You are free. Racing away from your house of bondage, you are led by God to the banks of a river he has parted for you. As the crucified Christ hung limp upon the cross, his side was opened, blood and water gushing forth, his flesh pierced and opened as by the great east wind upon the Red Sea, and the Lord's people enter into him even as they are borne forth from him. On the seventh day, he rests. Knowing that all things were accomplished, Jesus looks across the landscape of his new creation, made not in six days, but in six hours of misery, and says, it is very good. It is finished. The heavens and the earth are finished. Eden is finished. The prophecies are finished. The condemnation of the words of God is finished. Sin is finished. The tyranny of Satan over all the kingdoms of the world is finished. Death is finished. Creation is finished. Not before when God rested, but only now is it finished in the death of the Christ that wins what man within creation was always meant to grow into, full spiritual and bodily communion with God. It is finished. He rests. It is a new Sabbath as God rests in the tomb from his labors, even as it mimics the old. It is a greater Sabbath because this is no siesta. God neither slumbers nor sleeps, even when he dies. He rests. Yet this Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. God rests, but not for himself. Jesus rests in newly hewn stone, tucked in with linens and spices, so that you may rest. He does not rest for himself. He rests for you. Likewise, he is not raised for himself. He is raised for you.
New creation is finished. Reformation is finished. Salvation is finished. God rests from his labors, but on the third day he takes up new labors. On the third day, Christ kicks off the linen trappings, shakes off the dust of the spices, and steps out of the tomb, breaking the blasphemous seal of death as he rids himself of the cramped tomb and the stone blockade. The God who helped open up the waters of the Red Sea, the God who opened up the side of God, is the God who holds open the tomb, not just for himself, but for all who enter into that dark, damp place. It is the third day, the day of resurrection, the day man is vomited up upon the shores of paradise from within the great Leviathan of the world. It is the day after the Sabbath. God is not resting anymore. God is active. God is at work. God is living. Jesus leaves the tomb. Jesus leaves the place of death behind forever. That is the place of darkness, the place upon which God's eyes do not gaze because he has turned his back to it. But see what he has left behind. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. And he saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Where are the clothes of death? Where are the linen chains and fetters? Where are the coverings of man? They are left behind. They are things of death and shame. They have no place in the world of the third day. They are the trappings of the past, of the old kingdom and of the former regime. This is the day after the Sabbath. This is the first day of the week, the first day of new life in the new garden, an unthinkable paradise, one in an unthinkable death and confirmed in an unthinkable miracle. Still, the first day is not as it seems. This is the day after the Sabbath. It is the third day. It is the first day of the week, but it is not day one. As Christ has broken death, so too has he broken time. Though it is the first day of the week, it is not really. This is another unthinkable Today is the eighth day. The third day is the eighth day. It is the day of newness, of new life, of new creation, of a new kingdom, of a new reality, of a new freedom. The eighth day is the first day and the last day. The first day of newness and the last day you will ever know because it is eternal. The eighth day is a day of the new covenant in the blood of Jesus. No longer must the eighth day be the day of the flesh of man and of the circumcision of the law. 
Now it is about the flesh of God into which his people march as the new promised land, eating from this risen tree of Jesse's stump a new fruit of life. The angel bars the way no more. Paradise awaits, and Christ leads the way. Dark are the tunnels of the tombs wherein you live, like the Gadarene demoniac. But light has pierced through the darkness. The darkness cannot comprehend or overpower it. And now this light leads you out of the tomb and into the new day. He is your heavenly Orpheus, leading you up out of the pit of Sheol. He has not abandoned you. He remembers Lot's wife, so he does not look back. Neither does he lose you at the mouth of the tomb. He leads you all the way to life by his glorious resurrection from the dead. No more napping for you little children. No more slumbers. Kick off the blankets of earth. Awake, you sleepers, and rise, for your Lord has gone before you to bring forth the everlasting morn. He is the radiance of the Father, a light no sun may ever hope to match. He is the dawn of the eighth day, and on the third day, the day after the Sabbath, the day after rest, the day of life and living, in the new and perfected creation, in the resurrection. Amen. Alleluia! Christ is risen.